This is reposted. Hello, and welcome to Reposted. In the next few moments, we'll be breaking down a post that we have found to be inspiring, interesting, or otherwise entertaining. Quotes that catch our eye and we feel are worth a deeper look. Thank you for stopping by. Gary Tan is the founder and managing partner of Initialized Capital and for the last two years has been on the Forbes Midas list top 100 global VC. I came across Gary on his YouTube channel, which I highly recommend checking out. You can go to youtube.com slash Gary Tan, G-A-R-R-Y. And he gives insight into his career and teaches you the lessons he learned the hard way. To get us going, Gary, I want to give us a quote that you said it's not innovation until it gets built. I mean, that seems so obvious, but in the world that you're in, like, how do you see that every day? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people um, play a startup house, which is very <laughs> dangerous. Um, and I, I work with a lot of very, very early founders and I talk with them through my YouTube channel and I've opened up my Instagram DMs to sort of get to know my customer which is, uh, you know, what I truly believe is, you know, sort of all the people who have engineering, design, product, you know, business skills who want to start businesses. And uh, I think that quote is really tailor-made to sort of help people avoid the number one landmine, which is, you know, working hard to look like a startup instead of actually building not just a business, but a business that can grow very, very quickly. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, it's just purely coming from how do I help the most number of people not waste years of their lives and, you know, materially make their lives worse, right? I mean, yeah. that's, that's the, the part people don't talk about with startups is that you take this huge risk, it's a gamble, you're, you know, gambling your own opportunity cost, but it's also real money. And if people spend years on a pipe dream that never comes together that, you know, i I feel that I viscerally feel the pain when I talk to people like that. And I don't want people to be in that situation. I want people to succeed. Yeah. I used to work in construction in the Bay Area and we were building an office for a startup and their CEO told me, we got the same alcohol supplier as Google. So we've made it. And I was like, well, <laughs> and I don't think they're around anymore. So that's playing house. It's easy. Yeah. It's easy to focus on the wrong things. For a number of years, you were connected with the Y Combinator, and you uh, that's why I think you met up with the guys from DoorDash. And I read this quote you said about DoorDash, fans are earned or lost at the margin. It's not the average performance that counts. So are you saying that you need people that are either really excited about the product or not excited about the product, and the people in the middle, they're just always going to be there? Yeah. Well, I think... I think it's Alex Tausig who said it. And then I just pulled the quote from his great uh, teardown. Uh, you know, he's awesome GP uh, you know, at Lightspeed. But I do agree with it. I, I like to signal boost things that I super agree with. And that's one of them. Um, when it comes to DoorDash, I actually think it, it's almost entirely just people who love you. That's it. You know, back at Y Combinator, working with Paul Bukite, um, who created Gmail. You know, there's a kernel of that story um, in DoorDash and a lot of Y Combinator companies, which is get a thousand people who absolutely love you and uh, don't try to scale or, you know, get more customers until you have that level of love. And that's the only way you can sort of rise above. And we saw that when Gmail got launched, right? People loved it. And then they taught each other that it was great. And the demand sort of um, spiraled and boomed from there. 
And that, yeah, that's at the core of many, many consumer startups is actually not, you know, hate is okay. Like it's probably okay to be hated um, as long as people, some people who, you know, really, really care about you, really, really love you. But I wouldn't go out of my way to be hated. I think hated doesn't help anyone. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think you're really interesting because you've worked, you're an engineer, you worked in startup, which is basically pretty black and white. And then I came across through your YouTube channel, which is a lot more subjective and entertainment based. And your channel has grown over the last year. I think you're around 45,000 subscribers right now. But I yeah, liked, in well, one of your videos, you talked about how something you did was you put in your email signature new videos every week and you just start telling people it's like kind of you you put the toothpaste out of the tube but like how did that help you drive like versus before you did that yeah i mean i i could feel myself um in the grind not getting the results i wanted but i also knew you know i was very deep in the dip um you know seth godin has a great book about this or there are many ways to call it but you know, and I, I knew I needed some sort of external sort of motivation. And for me, I don't like to say things that I don't actually do. So I, that was one way to get my friends and the people I, you know, work with and anyone I come into contact with to sort of hold me to account. And um, that was a real turning point moment because I literally just was like, this isn't really doing what I needed to do. <laughs> like, it's so much work and no one's really paying attention but I'm really glad I pushed through and it was sort of dramatic. Like I hit 10,000 subscribers and it was like, I hit a if statement in the <laughs> algorithm and it's really showed me to what degree software really intermediates our lives today. Mm -hmm. and, and we're all hackers now, you know, there are all these systems and we got to hack them. And if we hack them, like good things happen, <laughs> but you know, we're all software engineers now. It's kind of funny. Well, speaking of that software idea, <clears throat> you were employee number 10 at Palantir. You're a complete data guy. The mission statement almost for Plan Pal Palantir is software for data-driven decisions. So my question to you is you run a VC, you hear lots of pitches. Do you ever turn off the data and use the force and just go with your gut and not the data? Yeah, definitely. I mean, early stage is almost entirely gut, honestly. I mean, you have to... You know, we hire, we hire associates, for instance. We have two new associates at Initialized who have been doing amazing work. And, um, you know, we need to do the background checks, right? We, we want to understand what are the market dynamics. We want to, you know, do our research before we get involved in a company. But the actual moment of deciding to invest or not um, is actually mostly cut still, right? At the early, so you don't have data. Um, and then it's not just gut, though. Um, I think, you know, me and the team that I built at Initialized, we've all worked at places, we've been, you know, C-level executives, we've built, you know, consumer experiences or enterprise businesses or all kinds of things, really. And um, I think that the standard we use is, would we go work there? And mm -hmm. that's actually kind of what we're doing. Um, when we fund a company, yes, it's money, but it's not my money, it's my limited partner's money. Uh, but I am devoting my time and I'm saying, you know, come hell or high water, whatever happens to this business, uh, I'm going to answer the, you know, my cell phone on a, you know, Friday night at 9 p.m. when all I need to do is like, you know, put my kids to bed. But if there's something happening with that company, founder needs to t talk to me, I'm going to pick up. And, uh, you know, especially now that my uh, kids are, you know, 
they're like, you know, one in four. I'm like, that's really valuable time, right? Yeah. So I have to be really careful. I, that's a high bar. I'm like, I, I need to know that I will be excited to talk to that person um, at that moment. And, and that's what like going to work for our companies means to me. You told a story about Peter Thiel offering you money to come work and you in one of your videos and said it's a 20 million, $200 million mistake. So a lot of people might have that adversity and say, shit, I'm done. I, I know someone that was the runner up to David Schwimmer and friends. And I was like, it was a network test and, and he missed and he quit acting because being a series regular on friends is basically you never have to work again in your life totally. so obviously you went the different path where you kept going but like how do you how do you ignore that type of i mean there's so many things in startups that like oh it had i done this it it could have gone a different way but like how did you take that miss and keep going and yeah continue? i mean that's a great question i mean part of it is like <laughs> Once you are, once that anything like that happens, you know you're in the right company, and then it's just, um, it's just odds. Mm -hmm. And then the key there, thing there is like just stick. You know, you just gotta stick it, right? Like, right. you know, I did a video that I recommend people watch about tournaments, and I realize now, like, it's not like I won all the tournaments. You know, I've I've been rejected. I like didn't I didn't get a Series A from Andreessen. I didn't get a Series A from Benchmark. I made videos about all of those experiences. And I'm fine. Like the thing is, like none of these rejections define me at all. And um, and then a part of it is like just be glad you're yeah you're we're, we're we have incredible privilege to even be in you know to have won the genetic lottery to live where we are to have the skills we have the connections we have. Mm -hmm. um, and then I don't know when I think about that story you said you know about David you know the the second runner up to the friends thing it's like. And I don't know this person, but you know, I, I guess like what what are we here for, and what do we want to be doing? And I, I've hear I've heard a lot of actors talk about this, and I, I definitely believe this about founders. It's like really a lot of the founders that really make it, they're like not extra extrinsically motivated, and I believe that's true for actors too. Which is mm -hmm. like we do this for free. Like there's you know, and then it's sort of lucky and amazing that people pay us to do this at all. Right. Uh, and then it turns out, you know, for computers, it's um, sort of like winning the lottery, right? Like if you love computers um, and you would do it for free, like, well, it turns out that society really needs you to work on that stuff. Cause that's, that's where all of society is headed now. And so I think there's that it's like, what, you know, what are we here for? Why are we doing this? And, it's funny now I really understand why a lot of uh, that, you know, the path for a lot of people in Silicon Valley is like, come here, try to make money, make the money, get very sad, you know, really? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that's sort of what happens. Right. And it's like, Oh, they, they said that when I make money, I'll be whole. And then it's like, I don't feel whole at all. Right. Um, right. And then that's where people sort of go on their uh, wellness, fasting, meditation, burning man, like all of that stuff, you know, maybe some uh, psilocybin, you know, therapy sessions and things <laughs> like that. But, you know, I, I think that when I meet people on the other side of that, like they're actually asking like the right question at that point, which is like, why are we here? And what's the point of all of this? And what do I want to be doing? And honestly, that's often what I'm really looking for when I'm sitting down with founders is like, who are the people who are the artists and the creators who 
couldn't care less about like making a single dime. I mean, we live in a capitalist society and like cap capitalism is about alignment. So, you know, don't make that the end in and of itself. Like how about we make the end actually creating a thing for other people and you know, it's a dance as Alan Watts said, right? The, you missed you know. a you missed cryogenic freezing in your excesses there. You know, because I mean, when you think of like Silicon Valley, you think someone has this like brilliant idea and a brilliant pitch. And you make this point like the guy that founded Uber said, I couldn't get a taxi in San Francisco. Airbnb said I couldn't get a hotel. You recently spoke with a guy from Shelf Engine and he was seeing how much food gets wasted, literally saw yeah. the food. He ran a sandwich brand. <laughs> so like, it's funny, like you have to just see the problem and then oh, that problem needs fixing. And then that's a good idea for a company. Yeah, it's all too simple, actually. It sounds like stupid simple, but at the same time, it's like, that's my lived experience. <laughs> it's like, it's not that complicated. A lot of people, I mean, going back to our earlier conversation, I mean, a lot of people look at this stuff and they say, uh, you know, how do I hack the system or how do I look like a startup? And it's like, it's not about looking like a startup. It's like actually about making good product or service and that's it. You know, you build a business around that and then- if you're right, like everyone needs it and it spreads on its own. You set the world on fire. Well, Gary Tan, thank you so much for joining us today. Check him out on YouTube Gary, at youtube.com slash Gary Tan. You can find him on Twitter at Gary Tan. I'm Andrew Keller for Gary and Larry Sin. Thanks for stopping by.